name is Alexis Naylor and I'm your host here at Through the Creative Door. On behalf of myself and my guests, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians on which this podcast is recorded and produced. We pay our respects to all First Nations people and acknowledge Elders past and present. On this podcast, I will be chatting to an array of creative guests, getting a glimpse into their worlds and having some honest and inspiring conversations along the way. Welcome to Through the Creative Door. Welcome, James. Thanks, Alexis. Thanks for having me. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for coming and chatting and welcoming welcoming me, if lucky if I can talk, welcoming (laughs) me into this beautiful space of yours. Thank you. Yeah. I I see lots of things around this room. Yep. All very creative. Thank you. I already knew that you were very talented, multi-talented bear, but just visually, I'm seeing all of the all of the things, and I'm sure there's more. Yeah, hidden away in drawers somewhere. Yeah. Multi-talented bear kind of sounds like, I don't know, like a grinder handle. Oh, no! I didn't mean it that way. I like it. I like it. Oh, oh dear. Oh, dear. Lexus is getting cancelled. No. <laughs> I'm very curious, and I've asked everyone this question, which is, you know, I mean, we all have different creative spaces for different things, but what does a creative space mean to you? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I feel like a creative space can just be like anywhere that you do your creating. But for me, I'm definitely prone to getting distracted. So, which, I mean, like, I don't know, maybe having all of the things possible in one room isn't the best way to deal with that. But like, um, for me, having a space where I can just sit down and go, you know, this is, this is where I do it. This is where the magic happens is really important because it's kind of like, you know, they say that like if you you know spend spend lots of time in bed when you're not sleeping, then your brain starts to associate the bed with being awake, so you don't mm. sleep as well there. So if you've got a room that you can just go like, this is like my dedicated space where I do whatever my thing is, mm. um, then when I like sit down in the chair, it's like it's go time. Like I can instantly sort of slip into that mode. Yeah, I find having that having that space just kind of set aside is really important. And as free from distractions as, as it's possible to be. I mean, in this day and age, we've got a little computer in our pockets mm-hmm. that distracts us. Yeah, the phone's the biggest uh, the biggest attention killer. Oh my goodness, it's shocking. Yeah. For those who are listening, mm-hmm. you have in this room some amazing Lego models. <laughs> I, am, I am such a fan of Lego. I, I'm showing... For those who don't know, my mum's Filipino and Asian mums tend to, I don't know, be pretty rigid with certain things and uh, I don't know why, but mine was I never got Lego. <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting um, restriction, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it was because it's very expensive. Yeah. Maybe it was, yeah, I don't know. It I mean, was... it's not cheap as far as little bits of plastic go. True. And they get everywhere and mm. yeah, like... Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a show at the Recobite recently, the uh, Yuck Circus. Lots of acrobatics and and you know circus tricks. But they did a um a test of endurance where someone spilled Lego across the floor and then walked barefoot across <sighs> it, and it was harrowing stuff. I almost feel like I'd want to pick 
hot coals. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> At least that's something to brag about. I mean, we've all stepped on Lego and, yeah, and hurt. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I love it. Like, it's, I feel like it's probably one of those early creative endeavors that I got into because, like, my dad and I always used to make stuff, you know, mm. out of Lego, just a big old, big old box of it, of loose parts. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. Yeah. Well, you have some very cool ones here. I'm very jealous. <laughs> And uh, maybe after this, maybe you can let me play. <laughs> oh, absolutely. they got good swooshability, which is an important it. factor, apparently. <laughs> well, in this room, I also see, I mean, digital artwork. I see physical artwork. I see lots of different modelling. And for a lot of people, we would actually see the outer side of what you do, like, work-wise, being, you know, playing on your saxophone and like doing all the musical stuff. I guess it might be a difficult question to ask, but what's something that you're proud of in that creative space, body of work, and how did it come about? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people would probably know me more from doing music than anything else. Like a lot of this stuff is just my hobby, which is great and good to have a creative outlet that's not, you know, all work. Um, but one of my projects that I'm proudest of is Brass Party. So a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people know us from, you know, late night sets at the LO and just like pumping out the covers. But um, last year we started working on a whole bunch of original music, which we recorded with Kieran Kenderessi, who's an amazing sound engineer. And we are putting that EP out into the world finally. But that's probably one of the things I'm proudest of creatively because I feel like we spent so long like brewing this sort of creative mix as a band where everyone had their own influences that they brought together and we all sort of set it on things that like, I know, excited us equally. And then after all this time of like just finding those influences, we finally went like, well, you know, let's put them all in the melting pot and see what we come out with. And we came out with something that like felt like all of those those party tunes and those kind of nostalgic pop punk or, you know, mm. ska punk uh, bangers that we grew up listening to. Well, for someone who's watched you guys perform, uh, I can vouch for that. Yeah. I definitely can vouch for that. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Alexis, obviously one of the number one hype people, always <laughs> out the front screaming, getting the dance floor going. I mean, any opportunity to get on a dance floor, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But no, that's like the, the most exciting thing about that music is watching people enjoy it. And the fact that we were able to like not, obviously like a lot of, a lot of people love covers. They love hearing covers, especially in Perth. But then being able to get that same excitement from people with something that like we created, you know, whole cloth ourselves. That was, that was an amazing feeling because anytime you try, you know, I'm sure you know, anytime you try a new music even if it's just a new song or if it's like a whole reinvention of your style, Oof. you're just like, oh, is this mm. going to flop? Is everyone going to hate this? It is. I mean, whether it is music or art or a poem or mm. a recipe, I don't know. I, I do think that, you know, there's a, an element of vulnerability that I don't know about you, but I don't think you ever get immune to that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've been I've been performing for so long that like stage fright isn't really a thing for me anymore. But 
putting out a brand new piece of work, especially one that's like, it's kind of like bearing your soul. You're going, this is something that I enjoy. This <laughs> is something so important to me. And <laughs> putting it out there and going like, just laying it out for other people's uh yeah, judge Opinion. this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It kind of it's hard to divorce that from like being judged as a person. <laughs> like this, this is. I mean, not not that my fun dancey pop tunes are really that much of like my soul laid bare, but it's like this is something that's important to me. No, so yeah, no. it's nerve wracking, but yeah, I'm so happy with how it all turned out. Oh, and, and you guys should be so proud. It's oh, very, yeah. very, very cool. Very danceable, hopefully. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I guess on the flip side of that. Like you just mentioned, you know, you've been creating or had the creative bug for your <laughs> whole life. Do you reckon that there's been something that has challenged you creatively? And what do you reckon that lesson or major lesson was about that? Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, when I was first properly pursuing music as a potential career when I was studying, um, studying music at WAPA, um, we, you're kind of taught to be self-critical, um, to, you know, look at what you're doing and, and I guess, uh, analyze it, which is, it's a very, it's a very cerebral kind of take on the creative process. But, you know, if you don't, if you don't critique yourself, you can never really grow and improve. But that coupled with like my inherent kind of anxiety, um, and my, like the way my personality is, i frequently was um, just coming away from gigs, feeling absolutely drained and completely down on myself and my creative output. And while I was trying to play, like it would be so bad that that internal critic would be going, you know, just going constantly going, oh, that was crap, that was stupid. Like mm. you're so much worse than everyone else on this stage. And obviously that's not a helpful thing in the moment or in general, I think. Um, some people maybe are able to like look at themselves that frankly and go, um, yeah, and and disassociate themselves yeah. from the yeah. yeah, and be able to um, be able to critique what they're doing in I guess a more objective way. Mm. But for me, that <laughs> that level of self reflection was just completely unhelpful, and it it kind of sounds so funny to say, but I almost just had this one decision where I'm like either. I need to stop doing that or, and, you know, and be able to enjoy my music or I need to find a different career because mm. the, the self-critique was absolutely just getting in the way of being able to create. And it's, it, in hindsight, it feels like such a, such an easy fix to just go, well, I'm going to enjoy myself now. And I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to let, you know, that worry me. And obviously yeah. like, you know, but clearly like that would have taken a process and a time yeah and, you know it's easy for us to do a synopsis mm. of, of what that learning I mean, yeah, is in hindsight but... probably years of work went for into sure. it but, uh... for sure but yeah no after that i really like made an effort to enjoy being in the moment when i was performing and to not critique myself as much because if I hate what I'm doing, why should I expect anyone else to enjoy it? Mm. And I guess the biggest takeaway, the lesson that I got from that, and it's something that I try and pass on to like students, because obviously you know I, I teach um, teach people to play music now, which is amazing. Like it's this, you know, it has its hard times, but it's so fulfilling too when oh, you get to see someone passing else, the baton on. Yeah, when yeah. you see people developing that joy. Um, the thing that I really learned from that was. There are a lot of people who will tell you you're crap. Mm. 
Mm. You know, people don't hold back on that. But there are far fewer people who will tell you you're amazing and will go into bat for you 100%. So you don't need to be one of the critics. Mm. There are plenty of people who can fill that role. You do need to be your own advocate. You need to be, you know, you need to be supportive of yourself. Yeah. You yeah. need to be part of your own team. You yeah. You need to be, yeah. Be your own hype squad. Your pit hype, yep. Pit crew. <laughs> pit yeah. crew, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Is there anything, like an object or a thing, that you can't live without when you're creating? Oh, this is going to be a really boring answer, but I, I actually don't think there is. Oh. No, it, um, I mean, I'm, I'm a very sentimental person, but I feel like, I feel feel like, um, I mean, it might just be that I've got so many different creative yes. outlets. It's not Which like, is why I think this is going yeah. to be a difficult question <laughs> It's not any answer. single one thing. <laughs> but, I mean, the saxophone that I have here sitting on its stand, that is the same saxophone that I've been playing on since, I think, 2005. So I played that since, like, primary school. Oh, um yeah, since I, like, my parents were like, we're not going to buy you a saxophone. You're just starting this instrument, you know, don't, Most don't be daft. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a sensible choice. I think it is, yeah. But when I started doing it, I really enjoyed it. Like, all right, we'll buy you a saxophone. And I got this one. Um, and, yeah, I've been playing it ever since. Um, and I think it's kind of like your, your instrument in a way, and I mean, like, the specific, you know, metal and cork thing that you're playing is part of your voice as a creator. Mm. Um, you know, the peculiarities and the little unique things that it has, they make your sound what it is. And so, yeah, I don't think I would be creating in the same way if I didn't have it. Mm. Mm. So right. thanks, Mum and Dad. <laughs> Good investment. Well, I mean, they, they delayed on buying you that investment, but, you know, yeah. it was very uh, wise of the parents. Yes. I mean, it's what... <laughs> Oh, 18 years old now, I think, that, that sax. It's yeah. doing good. Yeah, it's doing good. It's been through a lot. Um, yeah, to, to an extent also, just having it like on a sax stand is super helpful because mm. I can just be, I'll be like doing some admin and listening to some, some tunes and just go like, I want to play. I'll just be able to pick it up mm. and noodle for a little bit. I've always found that myself. Um, so I'm not a guitar player at all but I do have one and I do find that just purely having the instrument readily available for you just pick up and have a little tinkle and then put it back down. I know a lot can be said for having your toys out to <laughs> yeah. readily available to play with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's not like you could just put your voice down and, you know, not have it easily accessible. True. I'm definitely the sort of person who like sings all the time. I'm just walking around going like, -ba 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 yeah. Ba -da -ba. Yep. yep, I tend to do that. Yeah. And I don't even realise that I, and I have been called out for it where I've been asked a question and perhaps maybe serenaded that person back with the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even realise I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not my finest of moments. But <laughs> <laughs> Let me answer your question with a song. No, see, I got called out for it for an entirely different reason because I was walking along, I'm just scatting this like happy little jazz tune, and someone walks past and like, 
stop singing. You're making me realise how miserable I am. Oh my I'm gosh. Like, that sounds like a you problem. And not a me problem. Wow. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Don't be happy. <laughs> That's the takeaway, kids. Well, speaking of takeaways, mm -hmm. I'm curious. What, if you had, if you could give one piece of advice, what would it be? Hmm. I mean, I, I definitely think um, each person, I think, has... Uh, a unique creative thing they can bring to the world. It doesn't have to be something that's traditionally defined as, you know, art. Like, it oh, can be... creative. It yeah. could be food. It could it be could be the gardening. way you cook. It could be, yeah. Yeah. There's so many different ways for us to create. Yeah, and self-critiquing your way out of sharing that with the world is a, is a pretty sad thing. I think all of us need to be more proudly... Um, excited about about our hobbies and about the things that the passions that it we have joy yeah does it spark joy mm. yeah and because there are so many people who will tell you that you're crap and that your gift isn't worth sharing but if you don't share it if you don't you'll never find those people who enjoy it oh amen brother I, amen so preachy <laughs> <laughs> it is true it's true but very well said thank I you think. um even Hearing that for myself, it's always nice to have someone remind you that, uh, yeah, we need to back ourselves mm. well and truly. And that, that's a, I think it's a rare gift now that we have. I mean, like, for all the harm the internet's done, you know, being incredibly distracting, um, <laughs> it has let people find their audiences and find, like, their tribe. Oof. Like, you can be, like, making a little webcomic for a an audience of 30 people who you would never have met before, but they're exactly the kind of weird that you are. Weird and wonderful. Or you've got like a, a style of music that you could never fill a pub with people who would come mm. listen to it, but they can hear online. And I think that's, that's one great thing about the internet, which itself, I guess, is kind of a creative space. Oh, for sure. Is that you, yeah. can, you can find your people and you can find... The, the audience for your own, you know, your own style in yeah. whatever way that is. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Well said. One last question. Yes. Who would you want to hear answer these questions? If you could have anyone come through and be on the podcast, who would they be and why? Have you had Kirsty from Sergeant Hulk yet? I have not. Uh, mm. She's she's a very multi multi talented bear as well. She's a multi talented <laughs> bear. Yes. Yep. Yes, amazing muso. Amazing mum. Yeah, she's uh, what do they say? One that's uh, got her hand fingers in all the pies. Mm. <laughs> James, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks um, so much, Alexis. It's been a treat. Yay.